This is a Be Groovy or Leave production. Head to BeGroovyOrLeave.com to discover the best in new music. Now on with your show. Welcome to Life on Music. I'm your host, Jesse Napper. If you're new to the podcast, this is the show where I chat with a different musician each week all about music. And this week, I'm chatting with Davey Lane, who is the guitarist in UMI, who have recently put out a new album, their first in six years. It's called The Lives of Others, and it's got some pretty amazing songs, including this one, which is the opening track called The Water Boy. Apart from that, he's got his own solo record, which he released at the end of last year on vinyl and on streaming, but he's going to be re-releasing it sometime soon, very soon, date to be announced. But that includes songs such as Gotcha Money on Your Mind, which is a collaboration with none other than Jimmy Barnes, who Australian legend. And that sounds like this. Both Davey and UMI have many other albums out, so there's so many hours of listening if you're not familiar with their music. But let's just jump into the chat with Davey Lane. From UMI, we have Davey Lane. How are we doing today, Davey? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm back home in Melbourne. I was... Uh... I was, yeah, I went up to Sydney for a couple of shows about a month ago and I packed to be away for two days and I ended up being away for a month due to the Melbourne situation. But, yeah, so it's it's good to be back home and I'm, you know, I, I, I thought I, uh, well, I, I almost thought I'd cry when I walked in my house and saw my own, my own bed again. Yeah, so it's good to be, you know, like my my happy place is my spare room where I've got all my recording gear set up and I you know, if if I'm at a loose end, I just come in here and tinker away and it's um it's uh it keeps me it keeps me happy. So it's good to be back to that. Yeah, for sure. And that's um that's a high rotation of the same clothes as well. If, yeah. <laughs> no, I ended up coming back with a uh, an extra duffel bag's worth of worth of shit that I that accrued in my month away. So yeah, I wasn't I didn't confine myself to the to the three pairs of jocks. I uh, I branched out a little bit, which uh, was was mer- the merciful thing to do for everybody around me at the time. Mm. Well, you're a better man than I. That's all <laughs> I can say. So. I want to start by saying this new uh, UMI album, mm. The Lives of Others, so good. Thanks, Matt. I heard it a little bit after it came out. It's been out about a, just over a month now. Yeah, thereabouts, yeah. The the one thing that kind of stood out for me with the record, actually, there are two things I'm going to bring up that stood out. Yeah. Um, the, the main thing was, like, the band's obviously been around about 30 years now. Yeah. And just listening to the album, it still felt really fresh. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything that you, you kind of do as the band to, to keep 
everything fresh and sounding still good? Well, I think, I mean, the, this record was, that record was made in a quite a unique circumstance in that, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we made it last year and, you know, everyone knows what, what happened last year, so I don't really sure. need to go into that. <laughs> but but the fact of the matter is that we, it's the first time we've made, made a record remotely so um andy and rusty the rhythm section were up in sydney and tim and i were down here in um in sictoria as he as he calls it so we were yeah it was it was an odd time but yeah um, t- tim lives five minutes down the road from me so we were able to use my, my home studio which is where i'm sitting right now so yeah i guess what what, what we do Whenever we kind of demo a song, we usually just kind of get a guide down. It's, you know, it's, it's it's usually Tim who does the initial demos because he writes, you know, he writes pretty much all the songs. So, so it's yeah, he would he would send a a, a guide, you know, just just to he usually comes to the table with songs fully formed and. Um, in terms of like structure and melody and lyrics, sometimes lyrics he kind of works like irons out towards the the end of the recording process. But for the most part, he he has all the lyrics ready to go. So yeah, it was usually it's a matter of like him sending a, a, a demo of the song around, and then we get into a room and start to nut it out together. Like oh, you know, like whatever Andy and Rusty would play while we're together in the same room would dictate what direction I'd take in terms of guitar parts and all that kind of thing. So obviously not being able to do that this time around, Tim and I started the record here and we basically had to go in with the structures to the songs and tempos and all that kind of thing. We, we generally had to have that all completely mapped out because mm-hmm. Because we were making this record remotely, we had to go in with a bit more of a clear idea as to what the finished product might end up being. So, yeah, so we'd start we'd start things here. Like Tim would put down a, a, a guide guitar and guide vocal, and I did I did the same for the couple of songs of mine on the record. And then we'd send them up to Sydney, and then the guys would get into a studio up there. And of course, vice versa to our experience down here, they would have to go into a studio and close their eyes, and obviously be able to hear us in the headphones. But imagine that we're together in the same room, and because because uh, I, I don't know, because as a band, we we really feed off the chemistry of each other's playing it really has to be a um yeah I mean for I think Russ was saying for example he would imagine the way like you know if he played a certain fill and I I'd always love reacting to what Russ plays because he's constantly surprising me coming up with it you know even played a show a couple of nights ago and it was it was pulling fills out of the out of the bag in songs we've played a million times but drum fills that I'd never heard before so all that stuff is you know he would react to the way that Tim moves when Russ plays something so it was all a matter of you know for Tim and I and for Andy and Rusty it was a certain amount of imagination involved in kind of you know obviously we're not in the same room but kind Mm -hmm. of imagining that that we are because that's we've never done anything in any other way before so yeah, so, I mean, uh, it was basically, I think, in terms of, like you were saying, I know I've kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent here, but in terms of you, you saying that it's it's quite fresh sounding, I think I think we, yeah, like it, initially Tim and I would go in and, and play 
the song with the right amount of kind of uh, gusto and fire that we would need to, to you know, imagine it as as though Andy and Rusky were there, but actually not. So when when they sent their parts back, either either we would keep what was underneath, or or particularly in in, in my case, I would pull out what I had done underneath Rusty's parts and Andy's parts and just build on top of that. So it was kind of like a bit of a um, a record-making game of Jenga in, in a way. That's how I kind of picture it anyway. Yeah, cool. And was there ever any discussions on whether you should wait until you all can all, sorry, you can all get into a room together or was it just like we need to do this now? There was, I mean, yeah, that there basically was the process. That's how the process began. The process began in this, in the first round of kind of, you know, I think it was across the board, Sydney and Melbourne and everything was kind of locked down to a point. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, we were like, okay, well, let's start throwing ideas, songs around. And it be kind of, it started to become apparent when Melbourne kind of got thrown back into the, uh, thrown back into lockdown. And that seemed to be at the time, much to, to everyone's frustration, that's mm-hmm. kind of just seemed to be, uh, uh, yeah. And then the, the, there was not really any idea of when we might be out of it. And it kind of seemed to you know obviously dragged on for months but there wasn't any spoken part of the process where 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 we said we're actually oh we're not making demos we're actually making a record everything evolved to a point where it's like you know the sounds that i'm was getting at home and the sounds that Andy and Rusty were getting in the studio up in Sydney were, you know, they were like, we were really happy with everything. And, you know, we're not a band that likes to labour on things too much. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think there was ever any point that, yeah, that we did say, oh, we're not making demos, we're actually making a record now. But it just kind of like, you know, obviously with the Mel, us in Melbourne and, our situation, you know, that kind of seemed to 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 drag on. We were like, okay, well, let's just make the best with what we've got here. So that's what we did. Yeah, fair enough. Well, whatever you did, it worked for me at least. <laughs> Thanks. So well done. And the second the second thing that stood out to me was just one lyric that I kind of just picked up on the the third listen of the album. Yeah. In I think it's a song you sang. We we all went deaf overnight. Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to butcher the line, but it was it was something along the lines of you're like jazz. There's too many notes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're just like jazz. You've got too many notes for me. Yeah, that yeah. was. <laughs> there was just something yeah. about that that just stood out to me. Yeah, it was a um I don't know. Uh, and, and contrary to that, I do think there is some jazz music that I really love too. But I just thought that was a little bit of wordplay. It was kind of alluded to a past couple of relationships and mm-hmm. and. You know, I used to know some people who kind of played jazz and and I thought, oh, you know, when you write something that makes you laugh, then um, it's, it's it's probably too good an opportunity to resist to not, mm. to not leave it in the song. <laughs> yeah, I say if it's silly, leave it in. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, like music is beautiful, music is sad, music is depressing, music is joyous, overwhelmingly happy and you know, like, you know, I mean, that's one of the wonderful mm. things about music around all gamut of emotions. But for us, a good deal of our relationship uh, uh, together as a band is is making each other laugh, and that's yeah. a really important thing to us. And and you know, we do take ourselves, we do take what we do seriously, but we, I don't know, like it's we, we do like the 
there to be a bit of a sense of humour in, in what we do. And, you know, a lot of my favourite artists, you know, people like Nick Lowe or, yeah, I don't know, like, I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head, but there is a sense of humour in that. In music, and it, it's not not in the not to the extent of it being a novelty song, but you know you've got to you've you've got to kind of um, and there were there's a few lyrics in the few lyrics of Tim's on the record as well that I think are like incredibly uh, witty and funny, you know. So it was um, yeah, it's nice. It's we like to make each other laugh. <laughs> well, funny saying that. Just thinking about the band, my my first memory of anything to do with UMI or I guess specifically Tim was, this would have been so long ago. This was when I was a teenager. He was on um, the Chasers War and everything. And that was, that was the first thing that I'd ever like heard of UMI. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what he would have done on that. I, I must've seen it back in the day. But... I think it was like a rock star challenge. Who can be the best rock star? Oh and yeah. That's just like right. smashing shit in the studio. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Was it him and maybe um, Quan from Regurgitator as well? That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We, you know, we're we're very lucky in that, you know, I don't want to get into name dropping territory, but Mm -hmm. we're we're very lucky that we've uh, over the years, we've we've met a lot of our musical heroes as well. uh, And Mm -hmm. and that's always amazing. But but we're we're all such comedy fans. It's like we kind of joke that we we, you know, like we can meet fucking Keith Richards or 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 Paul McCartney and and not freak out, but when we if we meet Tim Heidecker or or David Cross or someone like that, it's we turn into giddy little schoolgirls. <laughs> you know? So yeah, comedy's a big figure in our in all our existence. I dig it. I dig it. Something else I read about this new album is that you did some engineering on it. Yeah, was it your first engineering on a UMI? Record? Technically, no. The, the last couple of records that we made, I've recorded most of my guitars myself. So, mm-hmm. but this is, yeah, this was the first time around where we kind of like, okay, well, we're going to take this completely into our own hands. And, and you know, I, I recorded all the, I obviously didn't record the bass and drums because they, sure. were, they were done up in Sydney, but everything else on the, here on the record was, was done here at home and um yeah i mean it's just something that i've that technical side of things is something that uh, always kind of intrigues me and i i know yeah i mean i think tim would ad- admit this too that that kind of engineering slash technical side doesn't appeal to him at all but mm. but you know i've i've kind of built up uh, I've kind of accrued enough little bits of equipment and gear over the years, and I've kind of, and engineering is something that I've kind of worked on without ever actually without ever actually doing a, 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 an audio course or something like that. Sure. It's just something that over the years I've kind of figured out bits and pieces through trial and error, and it's got to the point where we're you know we're, we're, if if we if we need to make something on our own we can we can quite easily do that with good results so it's it's yeah it's kind of um saved us yeah quite a bit of money in the recording process because we didn't have any budget to start with so it's it's good to be able to do and and that's the thing i love yeah i've i've made all all my record or like you know all my all my own records i, I make at home and and like, like I said to you earlier, I think like you know, just pottering around with music is 
kind of my happy place. And it really, um, you know, we all we all have ups and downs mentally, but that kind of keeps me keeps me on a, on on a, on, a, on an even keel. You know, being able to work on music at home. So it's yeah, it's just something that's it's we've kind of always had there, and now we know in for, for the future that you know we can do this stuff ourselves for. Mm. And 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 not have to a pay someone that we can't really afford, or 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 b we can spend our time experimenting and not feel like we're wasting anyone else's time too. So we can it's um that's that's to me is an important thing of the recording process because you sometimes with musical ideas you don't really know that you're pursuing the wrong idea until you've pursued it to pursued it all the way that you can go with it and and then realize that oh, actually this is not um yeah this is this is not the right idea so it's uh, I, I find that important to be able to um to be able to do you know to be able to pursue things that might not ultimately work but it's all part and parcel of it, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. And it, I guess that's a kind of thing with the kind of 21st century, I guess it still is, I was going to say onwards, but it still is the 21st century, but mm. kind of DIY recording has been such a big thing. Absolutely. It's a proof thing that it's a formula that works. And, we, you know, when you've got bands like King Gizzard who make to do all their stuff themselves and... Yeah. When you've got people like Billie Eilish who are making the biggest records in the world in their in their brothers' bedrooms, and that's yeah. a, a pretty um a, a pretty yeah a pretty empowering thing for musicians because it kind of if if a musician has a strong enough vision for what they want to do, then that will never yeah I mean that, that that's just a way of ensuring that that vision that you have is completely yours. 100% of the way through the process. You know, I've made records in the past with other people and, you know, other producers who are, are like, don't get me wrong, are incredibly respectful of, uh, uh, yeah, have huge admiration for, for, for what they do. But sometimes it's like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm a bit of a, I guess, control freaks, uh, a, a, um, a term you could use. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I've always got a particular idea for how I want things to sound and and sometimes when you know you're 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 put into a situation where you're having to compromise then sometimes it's it's not it doesn't it's not yeah it's not what you uh what you really want to get out of the 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 process but yeah I think nowadays it's a lot easier for artists to you know it's a lot easier for artists to still do that too and sometimes it's invaluable to have producer there to to provide an objective opinion and, and and steer the ship in the right direction. But if if you you have a strong idea of what you want to do, then um, then you can do that from you know zero percent to one hundred percent of of the project's completion. I hope you're enjoying the chat so far. Just breaking it up, as always, to let you know if you wanted to check out UMI's music, including their new album, The Lives of Others, or if you want to check out Davy Lane's music, which includes his new album, Don't Bank Your Heart On It. You can check them all out on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you stream music or wherever you buy music, you're going to find it there. And you should follow them all on their socials. And while you're over on the socials, you might as well follow Life on Music. I don't know if that's what you feel like doing. And if you are enjoying the podcast, you can follow or subscribe wherever you're listening right now to hear the episodes when they're first released. But let's jump back into the chat with Davey. 
you touched on a little bit earlier your solo music mm. and you have this album out it came out last year but you said you you told me before we started you're going to be re-releasing it um because you only did it on vinyl yeah yeah we just had put it out on vinyl and digitally but that came uh out at the end of last year and yeah i think like we you know people we're going we're it, it didn't come out. Well, we're putting it out on CD and, and mm-hmm. cassette as well. And, yeah, we're just throwing an extra few bunch of tracks in it. And okay. and, and that was, yeah, and that was good. That, that record was a record of collaborations. Well, some of it was collaborations with other people. I've, I've had, you know, folks like, I mean, Tim Rogers uh, did a song together on it, Jimmy Barnes, Vicar and Linda Bull. I got Phil Jamison and Chris Cheney on a, on a track. So it was, it was just... And it's like I know all these people and they're all friends of mine and they're all people that I've worked with before and look up to immensely. So it was kind of just a nice and, and the, the record, it's called Don't Bank Your Heart on it and it kind of tells mm-hmm. a bit of a chronological story about a, you know, tumultuous couple of years in my life, the end of a relationship and the the start of something you thought was going to be something new and then that kind of all kind of blowing up in your face and it was just it was just a, a, a 18 months of like quite intense self-reflection and self-discovery really and that record sort of uh, yeah I'm writing that record really helped me to, to 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 process what I wanted out of life and and my motivations for for, for things and I, I think that helped me um along with a good psychiatrist, um, work out, you know, the kind of person that I want to be. And, yeah, I mean, it was, that, that's, kind of, that's kind of it really. But, yeah, we'll be putting that out on CD sometime in the next month or so. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really, um, a really cool al- um, album to listen to as well. Um, I did notice the, like, compared to, I haven't had a chance to listen to your older albums, but, yeah, I really like the collaborative aspect of it oh cheers yeah and like 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 i say it being such a personal record and a lot of the people that sing on the record were people that i worked with at the, mm. at this kind of through throughout this kind of really rocky kind of tumultuous time in my life so it was it, it was almost like having them narrate parts of the story with me it was um yeah it was it was nice to, nice thing to be able to do, yeah. Yeah, there were also a couple of thoughts that I had uh, while listening to this. Apparently, I can't have more than two thoughts on a thing. I don't know know what the deal is. Oh, you can you can have as many as you want. I <laughs> know oh, it's um my brain's capacity is two. Oh, oh look, yeah, I don't got enough capacity for much mm-hmm. more than two either. So it's all good. The first thing was kind of in your voice. I, I in some songs there was this real kind of um Scott Wheeland kind of quality to your oh, voice yeah. which i really liked yeah right yeah cool well i'm a yeah i was i was a fan of his back in the day and there's mm. yeah and you know like he was yeah it's a, it's a uh, the, the world is a lesser place not having him around mm, um, definitely yeah there was some some of that stuff that i um i really dug as a kid and um the other thing is also with just some songs in there i was like man i could i feel like this is like the songwriting on this feels a lot like some kind of john lennon solo stuff oh for sure i mean yeah i'm i'm a i'm a massive you know i i, I discovered the beatles mm. discovering the beatles as a kid kind of set me on my path really and it's funny 
someone uh it was yeah i mean and that's something that's always going to be in my dna and sure. always yeah someone I, I was friends with for a while who went went to the you know vca the college of arts and you know she said why are you so obsessed with the beatles i don't understand it but well you went to school to learn music and i you know i didn't and that that, that was my that was my that was my music school, you know, that was, oh. and it's something that of course my tastes have broadened as, as, as I get older and, and, but that's something that I'll, the Beatles are something that I'll always have a sentimental attachment to. And that's always going to, always going to come out in my music in some way, shape or form. I think like it's going to be, it's, it's, you know, you know, it doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the only person on earth to, to kind of, to show a hint of Beatles influence in their music, yeah. I think you know, like, you know, it doesn't you can't really find a band that's much more, that was much more influential than them. So definitely, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Dave, it's been been great talking to you today. Cheers, mate. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening and thank you to Davey for chatting with me this week. Don't forget to check out both UMI and Davey's music on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you stream music or wherever you buy music and check out their socials. All the details for those are in the description of the episode with the Life on Music social details if you want to check that out. And if you did enjoy the episode, you can follow or subscribe wherever you're listening right now to hear the episodes when they're first released. But that's all for this week. Until next week, goodbye. Life on Music was brought to you by Be Groovy or Leave. Head to BeGroovyOrLeave.com to discover the best in new music.